Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. All right. All right. So today, we're still going to be with our series. If you guys can put the, the logo of the series up there. Spirit Wars. Spirit Wars, right? And... uh Today I'm going to be talking to you, the name, the, the name or the title of the, of the teaching is called <clears throat> Stand Your Ground. Stand Your Ground. And I, and I want you guys to turn with me to Ephesians 6. Alright, and I'm going to read quick because time is going to fly. It's Ephesians 6 verses 10, verse 10 through 18. It says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty, and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. So we're going to go really quick through through uh, six six points, and we're going to talk about each piece of armor in the armor of God. And we're going to go ahead and start with the belt of truth. So the belt of truth, its function is that it holds everything together. Yeah. Yeah. Cool man. Listen, I like when people talk, talk back to me in the preaching. I've told you guys, you know, you can say whatever, preach it, you know, mm-hmm, you know, preach it, preach it morenito. Whatever you want to say, just, you know, as long as it's not insulting, we're good, you know, but I like, I like response, okay? So check this out. I remember one, I remember one, one day, I was maybe like 14 years old. I was, back in the day in the 90s, see, everything wasn't tight and skinny. Everything's skinny jeans and slim jeans. Everything's skinny now, Right? Like, you take off your belt and the jeans are just stuck to your legs. You know? It's just tight. You know? Back in the day, it wasn't like that. In the 90s, the baggier, the better. You know, I, you know, I remember I had my, my Timberland boots and my big old Tommy Hilfiger, you know, jeans, size 38. You know, and I was a 29 waist back then. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is that you, some, some of us wouldn't even wear belts, which doesn't make sense. You have a 38 pants and you don't have, you don't have a belt. So one day I was, I was, I was like, man, I, you know, you're walking around and if you're not holding your pants, you know, you walk and they, oh, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure that you keep, cause things, when you don't have your belt on, things begin to come loose and they move from the place that it's supposed to be and they stop functioning the way they're supposed to function. See? So I would walk around and sometimes your pants would drop. So you, every once in a while you would take like four steps, pull, four steps, pull, four steps. Pull. And then you have to try to make it cool so you know you're like, you know, you just, 
You know, you got to do it in rhythm. You can't just be like, you know, that doesn't look right. You know, and one day we were there by town and country, and when you don't have a car and all you want to do is go to from mall to mall, uh, there was a mall called Kendall 9, which I think is where Chick-fil-A is now. I think it's like a DSW or something like that. And I used to be a movie theater, so when we didn't have nothing to do, we would go to one movie, one movie theater, and if it was dead, we would walk to the other one. So walking back, we, we were walking back from town and country, and we run into, it was like four of, three of us, and there was a group of like seven guys. And I had gold teeth. And the whole, I don't know where they started, but the whole point of gold teeth is when you want to fight somebody or you want to try them, you know, you grill them. Man. I'm teaching you, you know, Thug Life 101, you know what I'm saying? So you guys are going to be leave educated for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Numa Church is going to be a little bit more gangster after this weekend. <laughs> so what, what, what ended up happening is I had grown. I remember some, the last guy from their group was passing. I was the last guy in our group. And I looked at him and I was like, and the guy turns around, he had t- you know, and all of a sudden I'm like, what's up? And he's like, what's up? And then one of my friends, he was a little crazy. He didn't even wait. He just ran past me and we started fighting. Bah, 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 bah. And it was three and then they, they ended up running and they left that guy behind. He was the only one left and we all jumped on him and whatever. At the end, at the end of the fight, I see my, my, my friend is like, he leaves it. He doesn't have a mark on his face and he's like limping. He's like, bro, my leg, my leg. And I'm like, what happened? Like, I, 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 I think I had something happened to my leg. And I was like, but this guy, did he hit you? Did he punch you? Did he? And he's like, no, he didn't touch me. It's like my, my shorts fell down and I, and I, and I, and I fell over. <laughs> and he ended up breaking his leg. He fractured his leg. Like, you don't want to tell us. Like, oh, so how'd you fracture your leg? Um, what happened was, you know, <laughs> that's a bad, bad way to go. See, what happens is that the enemy, his opponent didn't have to do a thing for him. His opponent didn't have to punch him or, or tackle him or slam him. The fact that he didn't have a belt on caused his pants to fall and took him out, disqualified, hurt him without his enemy even throwing a punch. The belt of truth holds everything together. And some of us are being broken, not because we're not fighting, but because we don't live in truth. And a lot of the times we're like, oh, the Diablo and the devil and Satan and Lucifer and, you know, ah. And we go all and we gotta do warfare. Warfare, uh, look, I'm, my aunts are prayer warriors. All three of them, they're, they're prayer warriors. They prayed me to salvation. But I need to tell you something. Sometimes it's just, it's just a simple fact that we don't have our belt on. And we got everything moving and shifting and we're trying to do battle and, and, and it's, and it's messing us up. Check this out. Let's read, let's read, um, Let's go to um, John 4, 13, 19 through 24. We're going to go there. Truth is important, right? Truth is important, yes? Yes? So what happens is, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a story, and it's the story of, of the, the Samaritan woman. Okay, and, and I'm going to read quick. I'm gonna, I might skip some verses because I'm trying to get through because just stay with me. Jesus replied, anyone who drinks his water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never thirst, be thirsty again. It comes, it becomes a fresh bubbling springing within, within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again. And I won't have to come here to get water. Go and get your husband. Jesus told her, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, 
Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth, sir. The woman said, you must be a prophet for God is spirit. And this, this is uh, verse 24 for God is spirit. So those who worship him in him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So this is what happens. She comes and she wants to get water. Jesus is like, I got this water. It's the bomb. You know, if you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Give me that water, Jesus. And, you know, go get your husband. And then she says, what? I don't have a husband. Is it true? Is it the whole truth? See, this woman has been dealing with shame. This woman has been dealing with rejection. This woman has been dealing with pain. She's been an outcast because of the lifestyle that she lives. And on top of that, she's a Samaritan talking to a Jew, which she's not supposed to be doing. So all those things are, 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 are part of this equation. And Jesus, and Jesus is like, you know what? Yeah, you told the truth, but not the whole truth. As a matter of fact, you've had five husbands and homie that's with, and you, and you, you're with the guy right now, you know, and he's not your husband. You're not married. It's kind of like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Titanic, yes? Titanic, everybody? Leonardo DiCaprio, yes? Yeah, remember? Right? Yeah. What was that, bro? I'm just... I'm going to leave that alone. I, I, Renee's been dealing with a lot. You know, yesterday in the axe throwing, he, he has some struggles, but we're going to leave that there. Check this out. <laughs> they ran, the Titanic sunk because it hit What? The iceberg, right. And the problem with the iceberg, iceberg is because it, it could be very deceiving, right? Because you, you, you see the tip of the iceberg and you're like, hmm, it's not so big. I can, I can navigate pretty close to it and I'll be all right. But the problem with icebergs is that they, they show 10% of the, re, of the real size. So 10% above water and 90% of the, the size of the iceberg is under. So what's under the water is nine times greater than what you can see. And the Titanic crashed, obviously because they didn't have the technology that they have now, but also because they assumed that the iceberg was a size when in reality it was bigger. And the problem wasn't what they could see, the problem was was hidden. So what happens when we walk telling half-truths or just showing the tip of the truth or revealing just a little bit so that we can ease the voice of conviction or guilt in our hearts. But we are not truly transparent and we don't live in the spirit of truth. And then five, six years down the ride, we're dealing with crisis because we refuse to deal with things that were hidden and nobody knew. See, we need to become people that, that walk in the spirit of truth, not tell partial truths. Because you're going to end up like the Titanic, sunk destroyed and the thing is that most of the time you just don't the ship doesn't go down by itself it takes a whole bunch of people with them what a great responsibility do we have to put the belt of truth around our waist and that it holds everything where it's supposed to be and that we're not walking in double in a double life or a double standard but that we are who we say we are and we practice what we preach and that we're not scared of showing our weaknesses because you will never, I say it all the time, you will never feel truly loved until you're truly known. And if you never decide to be truly or fully known, then you're never gonna, you're always gonna feel alone in a room full of people. God has freedom for you today. That is freedom. That you can say, man, this is who I am. Love it 
or don't, but God accepts me just as I am. And that's what we should show ourselves to our brothers and sisters. That's how we should walk in truth. Truth holds everything together. The armor, the belt goes around everything. If you take the armor, you take that off, everything starts falling. And all those things that were meant to protect you, they're gone. Because we choose not to walk in truth. Amen? Second. Right. Breastplate of righteousness. The function is it, it protects the heart. Okay, John, 1 John 3, 21. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have, there's, there's, there's a reason that condemnation comes and the enemy uses that is so that we don't have confidence to come before God. Because if we don't have the confidence to come before God just as we are, then he's cut the fountain. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't cut the fountain, but he's made us feel like we don't, we don't have access. You hear me? And, 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 I, and, I, and it messes with our hope. And I'm going to talk about hope in, in, in a little bit. But, but check this out. It says, dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we, we have confidence before God. And now I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. I don't know if you guys ever seen like Apollo 13, the movie. Yeah? Pastor Milton, can you come up here really quick? I'm just going to show you an example. So Pastor Milton is Jesus. Come here over here. Pon una cara de Jesús ahí, bro. Give it Jesus. Best Jesus face. Okay, there you go. Can you see it? Nice. All right, cool. So he's Jesus. Right? And, and it says, this verse says that if, we, if we're in him, if we're in him, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone. So the first point is, we need to be in Jesus. So what happens is, a lot of us look at Jesus. Oh, Jesus, man, you're great. Thank you for what you did on the cross. And, and you know, Jesus walks, walk, walk. And we walk, I'm like, man. And, and you know, and, and so we know how Jesus lives, walk this way. And we know how Jesus acts. And all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? But being next to Jesus, turn around that way. Being next to Jesus is not the same thing as being in Jesus. You see me? I mean, I'm a little fatter, but so you see me. Thank you. Thank you. Give a hand to Jesus. But I don't understand. I don't know if you catch what I'm trying to tell you. In Jesus is where, where we become a new creation. Outside of Jesus, we function in our old ways. So a lot of us try to, to de- detach ourselves from Jesus and live moments with Jesus. And that's why we have moments of breakthrough. And we have moments of peace. And we have moments of joy. And we have moments of hope. But it's not a fountain that's continually flowing. Because everything is found in Jesus. That new creation is in Jesus. Our good standing is in Jesus. Our peace is in Jesus. It's not how much you know about Jesus. Is it are you in Jesus? I pray that today we will make a decision to walk or live 
in Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> and then in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God because this is the breastplate of righteousness, right? And that word righteousness means, means a condition acceptable to God. Yes? Condition acceptable to God. And then I looked at another, another definition and it said, uh, righteous, vindicated, justified by God. So it, it kind of go, it goes hand in hand because the reason that we're, we're acceptable to God is because He's justified and vindicated us. Yes? So because we're justified and vindicated, we are, we are in good standing with God. And the reason that I'm telling you this is because something, we, we need to be in Jesus, but because we're human, sometimes we fail, right? How many of you guys fail? I fail every day. My wife is a testament. She can testify, you know, a thousand times that I fail every day. My children too. You know, that's the way it is, you know? But, but then I, I, I went to this verse because we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. It says this in Proverbs 24, 16, the, the first part, A. For the righteous falls seven times. And rises again. I'm going to read it again. For the righteous falls seven times and rises again. See, righteousness is not just being in good standing. Righteousness is not just being vindicated. What's accepting to God is that you would fall seven times and that you would get up eight. Righteousness is not perfection. Righteousness is believing and hoping in God time and time after again. Every time you fail, you dust yourself up or you don't even have to dust yourself up, but just get up. Some of us in this room are have been laying on the floor for months because we're depressed of our condition. No, righteous woman of God, righteous man of God, get up. Rise again. Rise again. You are a righteous woman and a righteous man of God. Don't believe the enemy when he whispers in your, in your ear, you're guilty. You tell him, yes, you're right, I am guilty, but the Lord Jesus has redeemed me with his blood. He's not telling you anything new. Come on, guys, he's not, when he tells you, you, oh, you're a failure, yes, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Everything you said is true, but I have, I'm a new creation in Jesus. I stand in him, I stand behind him, and I live through him. And too, for too long, the church has been dismantled because we have surrendered our authority and we have surrendered, surrendered our God-given right as sons and daughters of the living God. And we have said, I'm not worthy. You've never been worthy. We've never, when have, when have we been worthy? Remember a day in your life that you've been worthy. Raise your hand if you can remember. Never. And it's not going to change. You're never going to be worthy of the sacrifice and the love of our God. But you couldn't respond to it. Rise again. Rise again. Rise again. Get off the floor. And the only time you get to the floor is when you're face down before the presence of your, of your God. But don't stay there because you feel you got knocked down by the enemy. He has no authority except the one you give him. Third, shoes of peace. Function, protect our feet on the battlefield. Galatians 5.25 says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Doesn't it sound like a dance? Like, when it's keep in step? You know, I don't know the crip walk, so I'm not going to do that. But, but keep in step. Keep in step. 
I remember one time we, I was in the, in, in the worship ministry. I always say worship ministry because sometimes I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say dance. But it was the dance ministry. And I remember this, this stage was a little lower. And I remember the first day it was like a big um, celebration. And I, 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 I told you, I, I, I questioned the choice of instrument. I thought we were going to come like with a bandero or big flags. And we came with like a streamer. It was, it was like seven, seven guys dancing in a circle with the streamer. It was, it was I mean, I, I, it was just a, not my best moment. You know, but I was just submitting to authority at that moment. But it was, I mean, listen, the heart, the passion I have for worship, I got it there. I'm grateful. But so that's not the point of the story. So we're there and there's seven of us, right? And we're going and we're running in circles. Bye bye. And we come over here. There's seven of us and there's seven of us. And we're making a turn. And I'm like, one, two, three, four, five, six. I'm like, I thought it was seven. And, and, and I look and I see one of the guys that was dancing. And he's sitting in the front row. And I'm like, bro, I'm here dancing around like with this little streamer. You're sitting in the front row. What are you doing? You know, we were all going, doing our steps that we practiced. We were all going in rhythm. But because he couldn't get the right step and because he could get, couldn't get the rhythm, he decided to step aside and give up. He said, this is too hard. This is too difficult. And that's what happens when we, when we try to step outside the steps of the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when we try to do things at our own rhythm. Because the, the Bible doesn't say that it's difficult. As a matter of fact, what does he say? What does he say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So if you're always like weighed down, you're always burdened, you need to ask yourself a question, man, am I, am I, am I walking in the steps of the Holy Spirit? Like, am I being obedient to, am I, am I following his lead? Yeah, cause, cause he's not always logical. It's not always one, two, three. Sometimes it's one, 35, 82, two, 71, 80. Some of you guys are writing the numbers. There's a lottery ticket. The numbers are like, I'm going to play them today. It's not lottery tickets. I mean, if you win, you got to give me commission, all right? <laughs> I'm joking. But listen, we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and his leading and his guidance. Because in that, in that we find peace. Because you can take a difficult step, but it's his step and still have peace. Yes? My, his word. So it's not only the steps of his spirit, it's his word. Psalm 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. I don't know if you guys have ever had, it's a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Have you guys, I don't know who's also, you guys remember the British Knights? LA Gear Shoes? Come on now, BKs, come on now. Yeah, old school. You know what I'm saying? And what would happen with the British Knights? Every time you would step, what would happen? They would have little lights, right? And you would step on them, and every step, a light will turn on. Step, light. Step, light. Step, light. Step, light. Step, light. The Bible says that his word is a lamp unto your feet. That every step that you take, lamp. 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 You know what that helps us? Because we don't stumble like that. But when you're going around in the dark and you're not familiar with the dark and you don't turn on the light, you're going to stub your toe. You're going to hit your shin. You're going to hit your knee. You're going to trip over something. You're going to knock down things because you're not, we're not familiar with the dark 
and we're, and we're light. So he wants to, his, his word to be a lamp for our feet, but also a light unto our path. So he wants you to know where you're stepping and know where you're going. His word does that for us. His word, not everything else, his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Protection and direction. Protection and direction. His word does that for us. If we're not hungry for his word, if not, if we're not at least reading the, the day, verse of the day on the Bible app once a day at least, we need to get in the word, man. We need to get in the word and we need to be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? The shoes of peace. I'm going to move a little quick because I know my time is running down. Shield of faith. <clears throat> Function, it covers the rest of the body and the rest of the and armor. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Romans 10, 17. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Who are you surrounding yourself with? Remember that old saying, you know, I know it's the English, but dime con quien andas. heard that. That one and cuando tú ibas, ya yo venía. I heard that all the time when I was a little kid. Any, anybody else? We're saying that now, right? I mean, I haven't said it yet, but I'm sure I'll get there. I'll probably say it in English. I don't know if it sounds the same. But the truth is, the truth is that faith comes from hearing. So it's important who you surround yourself with. Because if they're not speaking faith, if, not, if, not, if they're not inspiring faith, there's no neutral zone in this game. As a matter of fact, when, when, when the Lord talks about being lukewarm or medium, it's not a good thing. But that's another teaching for another day. I don't know if you guys saw the Wilder and Fury fight. Not this one, but the one before. Anybody saw it? No boxing fans? So what ended up happening, they were fighting and, and, and Fury hit him in the ear, right? And blew out, blew, uh, popped his eardrum. He popped his eardrum. And all of a sudden, like he went to get up and he was just like. And he, and they stood him up and he just couldn't stay up, stand up straight. Because your ear determines your equilibrium, your ability to stand and not fall. And a lot of the times we don't guard this. We don't guard what comes in here. And that's why we're always falling over in our walk. That's why we're always stumbling. It's not because the, the enemy hates you more than anybody else because God has abandoned you. No, no. What are you listening to? Faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And he wants to pollute this so that you cannot stand firm. We must guard what we listen to. We need to stand guard. You hear me? He 
Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hope. The Bible says that hope. The Bible says that now faith is the confidence in what we hope for. So if you have no hope, the Bible says that hope is the anchor to our soul. So if you don't have hope, you can't have faith. Right? Hope. And hope is an anchor according to the Bible. And the thing is that anchors are sturdy. They're strong. They're heavy. The Bible says in, 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 a, in, a, in Psalms 139 that, that his anchor or hope in him, it's strong and trustworthy. Right? So he's strong, strong and trustworthy. But the thing is that the anchor is made for what? Deep water, right? Where there's waves, where there's current, where there's storms. That's what the anchor is made of. So our hope, the hope, anchor's hope, our hope is not, it's not for, play, for moments that, you know, that are not hopeless. If, if you don't need hope, you don't use it. If everything is good, right? If, if Martha's like, oh, I, she knows I need $100, and Martha comes and she's like, she gives me $100, and maybe I was hopeful before, before she gave me that, but once she gives it to me, I'm not hopeful anymore because I already got what I needed, yes? I don't need hope. So what happens is, it, hope is an anchor, but a lot of us don't decide to go into the deep end where the anchor is supposed to be used, and we stay in the shallow. So the anchor, hope, what is supposed to be uh, uh, something that stabilizes and sturdy and strong becomes dead weight, in the shallow because it's meant for the deep and we think that deep is crisis and deep is pain and deep is this no deep is so that you can see Jesus walking on water because the, the disciples would have never seen Jesus walking on top of the water if they weren't in the deep if they were in the shallow he, oh he's just coming he's just walking on the, on the shore on the beach he's going for a stroll but because they were in the deep they realized that what they were seeing was impossible and what happens is that we don't know the God of the impossible because we're always walking in the possible. And that's why we, we are hope. Hope is not, a, it's not something we use. So we're walking around in the short, in, in the, in a foot of water at like Grandin Park. You walk like two miles and it's still like a foot of water. How does that work? You gotta do like the crawl to feel like you're in the beach. Some of us are frustrated because we refuse to go to the deep part of the ocean. We refuse to go to deep water, so we don't use hope. We all, we're always in control. If you never use hope, it's because you're always in control. And if you're walking always in control, then you're not walking in faith. And if you're not walking in faith, the Bible says that you please God by what? By faith. It is impossible to please God without faith. Come on, man. I'm in the same boat. Like, we got to get out there, bro. We got to put the Baywatch music on. And just get out there, bro. Get out there. I mean, none of us here. Well, I, don't, I know I don't have this Baywatch body, but I'm going to the deep end. I refuse. I refuse. I know that I was created to do something on this planet. I know that I was created to, 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 to shake hell on this planet. I want when, when everybody gets up, I want, when, when everybody here wakes up and you put your foot down on the ground, I want the enemy to say, uh oh, he's awake again. Another day of this guy or this girl. Until when are we gonna have to deal with them? 
come on church, I'm tired of seeing us just defeated and playing around in the kiddie pool when God wants us to go into the depths of the ocean and see things that nobody's ever seen and experience things that nobody's ever experienced because when you get into deep water, you you start to discover things that no one has seen, not even Discovery Planet. You start seeing all sorts of animals. What the heck is that? And God says it's always been there, but you refuse to come out. Come on, church. Let's decide today that we're not going to stay there. We're going to use hope and we're going to get anchored in the deep waters and we're going to see God work. Amen? Helmet of salvation protects the head and the face. Roman helmets didn't just protect your, 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 your head. It protected your face. Let me see. Second Kings 6, 16 through 17. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elijah prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots, a fire all around Elijah. The reality is in that moment, Elisha and his servant were surrounded. But the reality is also in that moment that there was chariots of fire around Elijah and hills full of horses. My question is, what is your reality? Because the Bible says in Matthew 6, and 23, listen to this. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Lamp to our soul, to our being, what you see. What you see is, is, is what you see in your walk is directly connected to what you're always looking at. If you're always, and this is to me, I'm preaching to the choir. If you're always on TV, if you're always on your phone, if you're always watching this and you're always reading this newspaper and you're always watching the news and that's all your side, your eyes are taking in and all this is this information and, and bad news and more bad news. And that's all you take. Whenever a situation comes like Elisha and his, and his servant where you look at you, Two people in the same place, and they had two different realities. My prayer today is that he would open our eyes. Tell him, open my eyes, Lord. Open my eyes, Lord. The band can come up. And as they're coming up, I'm going to talk about the sword of the spirit. Function. It's a short double-edged sword for close combat and to remove arrows of the enemy. Psalms 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart and I might not sin against you. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I know history, but I don't remember history. I don't know if it was the French Indian war that the battles that they used to do, it was literally all like they would come and line up and then one, two, three, shoot. And then next line will come one, two, three, shoot. That was war. And then I think it was, if I think it was the French and Indian War that all of a sudden the Indians started using like tactics, like hiding in the bushes and, and throwing the axe and, you know, and the blow darts and the arrows and, and the nets and all those traps and stuff like that. Warfare changed because sometimes when things are hidden, they're better use. And the Bible says that we would have to have a word hidden in our hearts so that we will not sin against him.
You don't have to be flaunting. Oh, the person in the room, when you were like fighting or whatever back in the day, and you saw this guy being loud, yeah, boy, I got you. What's up? What's up? You know what I always thought? That guy's a punk. Because when you got it, you don't got to do it like that. So when you know the word is hidden in your heart, you're not boasting and you're not doing this. You're just quiet, humbly walking your walk with your Lord, following in his footsteps. But when it comes to fight and sin comes against you, that thing's hidden right there, baby. I got, I got a license to carry. I got a license to carry. No, Pastor Matthews, you strapped? No, no, I got a light. I got a sword. Where is that? It's right here, baby. It's hidden in my heart. It's hidden in my heart. It's not for everybody to see, but it's for everybody to see. We got to stop with the Christianese. We got to stop with like, oh, bless you. I mean, it's fine. Bless somebody. But it's more than a language. It's more than a lingo. It's a lifestyle. The armor of God. Sometimes we get in the car. It's like, Lord, I put this belt of truth. And you put your seatbelt on, you know. Lord, and the breastplate, and, you know, and the breastplate of righteousness. And we do this prayer, this fasting. And we think that that's it. You're dressed with the armor. The armor of God is more than a prayer. It's a lifestyle. That's what really keeps you safe and guarded. It's that you walk in the will of our Father. It's not that you do a prayer about army gear. You got to wake up, man. You gotta wake up, man. There's people out there dying, man. They're like dying in hospitals by themselves. And the hope for all those people and family members is us. There's no plan B. It's you, it's me. And if we don't get off these comfortable, beautiful seats, then we're not gonna see God establish his kingdom on this earth. The armor of God is a lifestyle, man. That's what keeps you guarded. But we got to make a decision today. I don't care what age you are. You could be the youngest to the oldest. It doesn't matter. You can make a decision today. I refuse to just live life of words and no actions. I want to walk in this thing called the armor of God. I don't want to just be a pretender. I want to live my full life and my full capacity for Jesus. I don't think it's possible for it to be empty. But I, I would want to, to say, Lord, I emptied myself completely for you. That's my prayer. I don't, I don't do it for my wife. I love my wife and my children. They're everything to me, but I, I want to do it for him. I, I, we need to do it for him. Pastor Chris, the man, the man wants, he would give his life for Christ. Many men have given their lives. This is not a game. Peter saw his family hung upside down, crucified. He, well, he said, I'm not worthy to live the same way, to die the same way as my, my, as my Lord. Hang me upside down, man. Do you know what that is? That's, that's craziness. And I'm not, there's no judgment here. It's a call for all of us to rise up, man. It's a call of us to respond and say, I refuse to live life mediocrely. That's not worthy of what the sacri- the sacrifice that was made for me. Remember where he took you from, man. Every time you feel lazy, every time you feel fear or insecure, remember where you were when he found you. 
And I pray that gratitude will stand you to your feet. Just stand up. Just close your eyes. Just have a, a moment with the Holy Spirit, man. Forget about everybody. And I know some of you guys are there. You're married, you're one. But right now, just have a personal moment with the Lord right now. And just ask him, Lord, what does this mean? Like, what is the cry from your heart to mine? Like, what is it that you want me to do? What decision do I need to make? I'm tired of not practicing what we preach. I, I don't want to be like that anymore. Like, what is it? Holy Spirit, tell me. Whatever you want, I will give it to you. Go ahead. I still believe God, I believe If you're here today and you say you know you need to make a decision, you know that you haven't been walking, and I, I'm the first one here, and I'm not calling you up, but I'm going to ask you if you know that you need to change the way you're living, you need to change the way you're walking, you need to change how you love on people, whatever the case may be. I want you to join me. I'm going to get down on my knees and we're just going to pray and ask God for mercy and ask Him to make us come alive. So if that's you, just take a knee. If you can, you know, do what you can, sit down. But I just want to pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you, my God, because we know that it's not a coincidence that we're here in this planet, in this season, in this moment. You in, 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 in eternity said it that way, my God. You who designed us even before we were in our mother's womb, you said you knew us. And then you knitted us perfectly in our mother's womb. No, in our womb. My mother's womb and nobody could say what we were going to do or look like or, or be like. You chose everything. You designed us for such a moment like this. It's not a coincidence.
So I pray, my God, that you would make us come alive today. That the areas that have been dead, the areas that have been dormant, the areas that have been still and, 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 and haven't been moving, I pray, my God, that today those areas, we would come alive, my God. That there, where there was darkness, there is now light, my God. That the belt of truth would be what holds everything together, my God. Father God, that the breastplate of righteousness, my God, will allow us to shield the condemnation and the guilt that the enemy throws at us because you are what makes us righteous. It's not what we do. Father, I pray that today would change the way we live. That it would change the way we walk and talk and love. I bless my brothers and sisters, my God. And I declare, Father God, that we will not be able to ignore the call on our lives that you have placed within us, Lord. But that we would respond. The armor of God is not just a prayer. It's a lifestyle. And we choose that lifestyle today, my God. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.